Unless you want to, it's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 452 now of the Ron and Don Show, and heck yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, uh, let's do some parenting according to BuzzFeed. I love that. Also, yeah, when is the right time to buy a house, or is it the right time to buy a house? You're not going to believe my answer we'll get to that though let's get to this god save the queen now god save the king what is your take on what we're watching over there on the other side of the pond right now and i think a lot of people are scratching their heads and going this seems like a lot of wealth a lot of castles and a lot of white people in fact i have been counting the number of black people that i've seen in the crowd or the number of black people that are escorting the queen uh, the number of black people that are in the royal family, the number of black people that are involved in any of the services, clergy, any of that, I've counted two. <laughs> I've seen thousands of people and I've counted two. Anyway, as we're watching this, Ron, kind of rubs me the wrong way when you see William and Kate and they're traveling and the next thing you know, they're in a picture with a bunch of black people and the black people happen to be carrying them because they're part of the British Commonwealth. <laughs> So am I just just some jaded American that doesn't get it? You've been over there a, a lot more often than I have. I do love wor- doing like a CrossFit run around the castles and moats. Uh, that day we spent a couple t- uh, um, or that time we spent a couple days in London. That was a lot of fun and running around Buck- Buckingham Palace. But do you think the age of the monarch is over now that Queen Elizabeth her life is over? Boy, I sure wish it wasn't. I, I feel very conflicted in the same way that you do uh, as. Charles, you know, so when, when he became king, he got to, he could choose his name. So like one of his middle names is actually Arthur. So he could have been King Arthur if he wanted to, uh, but he chose King Charles the second or third or whatever it is. And when you go back to the previous Charles, as luck would have it, or as history would have it, that king was very involved in setting up the slave trade for England. And so to take that name, knowing that that was the legacy of the previous person that had your name is very interesting to me. And so the wealth that was built that basically fueled the industrial revolution was on the back of the slave trade. Now, England, maybe to their credit, I guess they did abolish slavery sooner and less less civil worry than the United States did, but that still is the legacy. Uh, and the Commonwealth was built upon the exploitation of human beings of color. And you even, you know, look no further than, you know, every, all of the, the, the nations of Africa, um, the exploitation, a lot of people would say still continues when you and I were there and in, in going through the Winston Churchill museum, you look at the tremendous amount of death that happened in India and in Kenya and in some of these these countries that were un- under the British flag, and you're just like, 
I don't know how in good conscience you can celebrate the royal family with the carnage. Even even when I went to Ireland and you saw the potato famine and the amount of death that happened there when it was a commonwealth uh, part of the British Empire, it's like, dude, we're right across the English Channel from you and you, you can't deliver us any food? Like your subjects are literally dying on your doorstep and, and they really did not help in the way that by modern standards we would help. So I struggle as well with you and then you see that the new king pays zero taxes on inheriting uh, the, the wealth from his mother. And if you were any other citizen in the Commonwealth, you would pay a tremendous amount of taxes. So it, it seems out of step to modern times seems like it should go away uh, if you're a person of color I, I can't see you you know going to pay your respects to the queen there's a video going around right now of prince harry uh, talking about being very open about the racism and suicidal thoughts that were going on as he married uh, a person of color and the parallels to Princess Diana and him wanting to hit for history to not repeat itself and basically leaving the royal family. So it to me, in my sensibility, the the day has come and gone. I think they should do away with it. Yeah. What do you, my final question for you, what do you what do you make of the 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 million people that are lined up to to go see the Queen? What do you what do you make of that? Do you think it's about the monarchy or do you think it's about her? Why are they lying? It's up? what it represents. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, it's a it's a a more posh British expression of "Make America Great." Uh, it's the residual effect of when we there was a kingdom, you know, and and you go back a couple hundred years, and the way you expanded your wealth was to go subjugate someone else who had something you wanted like that's just how it worked i mean spain did it uh the dutch did it the english did it i mean that was sort of you know before the industrial revolution you just took what you wanted and, and the strongest army won then you got to take the you know the spoils of whatever country you conquered um that was humanity uh for hundreds and thousands of years and, and now that's not humanity anymore. And so uh, there is a residue of weren't we powerful, weren't we great, look what we did, look what we built. Uh, to me, it, the, the thing that crystallized it to me when, when you and I were in, in England and even in France is, you know, you'll go by a museum and it's like, all of these artifacts are not English or French. Like we're these, you stole these from from Egypt. How are you claiming this as your artifact? Give it back to Egypt, or give it back to Afghanistan, where you took these objects from. They're not English, and maybe maybe you had control over that country at the time, but it, it's just a different way to look at the world. Yeah, I, I have to say. It, it bothers me when I go to New Orleans and you still see all the statues there uh, celebrating a three-and-a-half-year civil war that the South lost. And still, some of those statues came down. Many of them are still up. There's over 2,000 of them. And, and when you go through the city, you won't see the place where there's no statue where for decades, millions of African-Americans were, were literally sold up the Mississippi River, Right. And then some of them that ran were tortured, brought 
back down and then they were murdered in horrific ways uh, in order to teach a lesson to other African-Americans that were just arriving to this country. I think about, you know, I was running the enchantments. I went to Leavenworth. Uh, And when you look at the history of why Leavenworth is there, it was a mining town. Then it was a railroad town. And then it became a meth town, right? And when the railroad left and they diverted it through Wenatchee, the folks there looked around and they said, we need to come up with a reason for people to come here. And they invented Leavenworth. It was invented. When, when you go to the town square in Leavenworth, knowing the rich Native American history there, they don't say anything about it. You, you would never know when you're in Leavenworth the, about the Native Americans that live there and called that home. So there's just a lot of places in our, in our history where black and brown people are just missing. They're just absolutely missing. They're missing in our history books. They're missing in our town squares. They're missing in the remembrance of uh, how important they were because a lot of them provided free labor. So I, I just look at what's happened in England. I look at the way that Meghan Marco is treated and even the way that she's being treated now by the media there. And I just don't see a lot of black and brown people involved uh, in this morning, which kind of bugs me. We'll see you on the other side of this. When Seattle nonprofit Plymouth Healing Communities decided to sell one of their group homes for the mentally ill and homeless, board member Catherine Walker turned to Ron and Don. It was a complicated and delicate deal. They didn't want people traipsing in and out and disturbing the residents. So instead of hanging a for sale sign, the guys turned to their deep network and found a buyer themselves. It very quickly got to terms and we signed and that was that. And then they followed through on everything to make this happen. And Catherine says she was even more blown away by what Ron and Don did next. They offered to donate their commission. It was incredible. Their generosity had a meaningful impact on the lives of 47 residents in our organization. Heart, soul, expertise, Catherine says all of that and more is what sets Ron and Don apart from other realtors. They did a great job and genuinely interested in helping us achieve our goals. They seemed truly service-minded as opposed to kind of transaction-minded. So whether you're selling or buying, take Catherine Walker's work and schedule your Ron and Don sit-down today. Sign up for the Nation News at ronandonradio.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Let's talk about parenting. Ron's here, so <laughs> he has a lot to say. Anyway, I was reading one of these BuzzFeed articles. They do a lot of pop culture. They talk about the stars, find out what the stars are doing. And for, we're finding out that the stars are actually parents themselves. I find it very interesting that Tom Brady, for instance, uh, decided to go back and play for Tampa. Now his wife is very upset and she's speaking out and she is saying that basically, hey, I stayed at home and I raised the kids with the six nannies that we have and now it's time for me to go back to work. If he's going back to work at 45, I'm going back to work at 42. I have a really hard time feeling sorry for Tom, feeling sorry for her. I do feel sorry for the kids and it's really interesting because he said, and he tells his kids this, he said the world that he is raising them in is not real. This is not a real world. And and he is he is looking for, is he parents, 
opportunities to expose his kids to the real world. I thought this was very interesting because then I read an article where they interviewed Julia Fox and she actually just got done dating Kanye West and, and she's kind of a supermodel, right? This is what she said about parenting. And she is, she did this on her TikTok channel. She said that childhood was invented as a way to get parents to buy things for their kids that they don't need like toys. She said, it's not really teaching your kids anything. You just end up raising a kid that's helpless and doesn't know what to do. She said this about her 19-month-old son. His name is Valentino. And she says Valentino isn't interested in his toys at all. He's more interested in the day-to-day tasks that she does. She even displayed the mini cleaning set that she got her son. She says, I suggest everyone buy their kid a little mop, a mini broom, and start teaching them those life skills really young so that then when they enter the real world, they don't have to outsource for everything. And they know how to do things themselves i you know this real world versus not real world it it depends if you're kanye west or tom brady that kind of is your real world giselle like we sort of reference this in this segment one on top of the the top of the list depending on your strata in this world and the amount of resources and power that you have in this world that can be your real world um it's not everybody's world but it can be your world like do you think that that the billionaires and multi-millionaires that live like operate in the same strata that everybody else does for them that is real so i i i think that that is is a misplaced logic but i do agree and, and again as someone who's not a parent i feel less qualified to speak to this it makes sense that if you showed a kid various things to do in lieu of toys that could work for them but i don't think a child should be put to work at three yeah well the thing is when you're giving a a child work to do at three it it, it's more work to clean it up to get out the real mop after they've been right with their little mop i i think the point though and i think this is a point well taken is, is that a lot of times when kids are young you, and you look at the way that they're targeted in grocery stores or they're targeted on video games, uh, they're targeted on, on TV and TV ads, they do end up, on, end up with a bunch of stuff that they don't use, right? And I think of some of my son's toys I was going through the other day and I'm like, here's a robot I've never even seen him play with, right? So I think she makes a good point about that. And then the other thing, sometimes we just kind of lean on the school system to say, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and let the school uh, teach my kid what he needs to know to get ready for life, and and maybe I shouldn't be quoting Will Smith right now, but Will Smith said of his father, and he had a lot of issues with his dad. He said the one thing that he appreciated is his dad's mentality was when the kids get home from school, that's when their education uh, really starts, and I can I concur with that, like like. Ron is someone that has taught himself to use tools, and I'm really impressed by it. I look up at the tiny house, some of the work that you've done, nice job on that. I don't know if you grew up with tools. In my family, we didn't grow up using a lot of tools, although I have an older brother that's really great at it, and he's self-taught in kind of the same way that Ron has taught himself. So I'm trying to make sure that my son comes out to the job site. And if if we're out there on a weekend, I usually pick one day a week to go work, maybe 8 to 12 hours on a house that we're working on with one of my partners and I'll do actually do the work and I want him to see us doing the work. We'll get out some tools and he might work for half an hour or an hour and then we kind of give him a break. But I do think it's important to teach kids 
It, it's easier for me to fold the laundry, but he's folding laundry now. It's easy for me to make his lunch and just get it done, but he's learning to make his lunch. He's learning to comb his hair. He is learning to put his clothes out. He's learning to walk his dog, to feed his dog. And I really think that that was the point that Ms. Fox was making is that we, we, when we see these opportunities to teach our kids something, it may take longer for us to do it, uh, but there's really going to be a payoff for them down the road when they're out of the house and they can make their own sandwich, they can make their own bed, they can make their own bread. So I, I to- 100% agree yeah. with all the imaginary children that I have. <laughs> Hey, it's Ron here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loan. You hear him on our show all the time. Mitch, interest rates have been fluctuating all over the yard. Uh, You guys have a cool new program right now called Lock and Shop. How does it work? Yeah, historically, you know, you have to find a house, get an accepted offer in order to lock in your rate. Well, we've seen the market and we've seen rates continuing to rise and rise. And so we developed a new program called Lock and Shop. And that means you can actually, as soon as you're pre-approved, lock in your rate with us and you have a three-month window to go shop. If it expires, that's okay and you can start again. But you have a three-month window where your rate is locked and you know exactly what rate you're going to get. That's really good. So that's it's people don't realize usually that you don't lock the rate till after you get the house so this gives you a little peace of mind where it's like by the time i find the one i want i'm not going to be locked into a higher rate absolutely all right so give mitch a call check him out online first mitch.loans that's mitch.loans he's a partner here on the ron and don show lock and shop everybody all right you guys welcome back uh, to the ron and don show before we get out of here today I have people ask me all the time when is the best time to buy a house and i always just say yes I think always is the best time to buy a house. Give you an example, my next door neighbor, he brought his house on at 1.8, and that was the number that I think his house here on Queen Anne, I think he would have got 1.8 for it last fall. But then spring came, we didn't get on in spring. I didn't represent him on this house. Uh, He had a lifelong friend that did so. And then the spring hit, and I'm like, ooh, that house isn't worth 1.8 anymore. Uh, And they were thinking it was worth somewhere between 1.8 and 2.1. If we put it on at 1.8, I wonder if it would escalate to 2.1. This is what I can share with you, is that that house just sold in this marketplace, and he was on for months, just sold for $1.5 million. Now, whoever bought that may have paid a higher interest rate, but they didn't pay 1.8 or 1.9 or 2.1. And then as the, my next door neighbor was chasing the market down, it went from 1.8, they marked it down to 1.7. Then they had it down at 1.69 and they cut it loose at 1.5. Again, Ron, someone's paying a higher interest rate on that. How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you see that buyer coming in and scooping up that house at 1.5? I think they did a great job. I'm suspect of their new neighbor. Like that could be uh, risky. I'm just kidding. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's all about mentality in this and what your goals are. And again, if that person is intending on owning that piece of property for longer than 18 months, which I hope they are, then it's it's an unbelievably great play. And for your friend that sold, you know, whatever their life circumstance could be, hopefully that's a good result for them. Uh, they're going to be able to deploy that money in some different ways, move on to another chapter in their life. And so the timing for them 
uh, they may not have been able to control that timing. And so the time that they sold hopefully is a good time for them to, to plant their heel on the ground, move in a different direction. And a lot of times with life events, it's not like selling a stock. You could have a life event happen that sort of forces your timeline and forces your hand a little bit. And so you do the best with the circumstance that you have. It's like I said, it's not, you know, selling 100 shares of Microsoft stock when you can sort of go, this is a great time to talk, you know, to buy it. It's it's a piece of property that you lived in. Yeah. Yeah. There's a house up on the corner I like to buy and they are on at one eight. I think the house is worth one four five in this market. And they're just sitting and it's going to sit and we're just going to let it sit. I'm going to send over some plants so they can just uh, (laughs) get ready for the winter harvest here. If people are selling right now, it's because they need to. So for my next door neighbor, there there was a death of a spouse. And so it was time to get out of that home because a lot of times when you've taken care of a spouse in a home, and I get this, you don't want to stay in that home. So it was time to go. He owned the, the, the house free and clear. And, and so he still got a lot more money for that house than when he purchased that house 20 years ago. He got a lot more money. So one five was a good outcome for him. But think about this. The person that had the courage to go in and buy it at one five and then sit on it, that house is going it, to, it, it, it will, it's going to run past 2.5 before you know it. So they bought it at one five. And even if they just sit on it for the next 10 years, it's going to be well into the twos so it was a good time to buy that house think if people are selling homes right now it's they're it's because they need to right there's some people over i know on the east side that have these big mega homes that were pretty hot there for about three years and now they have gone down precipitously as far as the value of these homes and they're pulling them off and they're placing them in the rental pool so if you're a buyer i'm telling you now is a great time to buy and yes you may have a higher interest rate, but the interest rates aren't going to be up at 6% forever. That's when you're going to reevaluate down the road when the house is worth more, right? And then you're going to refinance at a better interest rate because those rates will come here in the next couple of years. And then you can pull out some of that money, reinvest, go on a vacation, whatever it is you're doing, buy your uh, new battery-operated uh, Tesla, uh, maybe the new uh, Cybertruck. And, and that's kind of how that game works. So there's less buyers out there buying right now. If a seller is selling right now, it's because they need to. And they also may have a fear that this market is going to go lower. Ron, my final question, what do you say to someone that says, hey, well, the person that bought the next door neighbor's house, they were stupid because maybe that thing goes down to one three. Uh, if it does, I'll buy it from them. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to the Rod and Don Show. And thank you for making us your friends, uh, your broadcasters, and your real estate agents. Uh, if you need to get in touch with us, just reach out. Yeah, you can email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com. You can find out more info at ronanddonsitdown.com. Uh, if you've been thinking or intrigued by the stuff we've just been talking about and you want to jump in as a buyer, a seller, or investor, let's sit down. It's a Zoom call. It takes about half an hour. See if we're going to be a good fit put a game plan together and then execute that plan. Yeah. All right, you guys, again, thanks for making us your broadcasters, your friends, and yeah, your real estate agents. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Online on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.